I wanna shoot, baby. Shoot. You know what song I've had stuck in my head for a while? What's that? Shoot. <laughs> I've had shoot stuck in my head for weeks. Why uh, shoot? I Did don't you hear know. it like out of the blue? Did it just kind of reemerge from your memory for no reason or what? I a while ago was on a salt and pepper kick. And yeah, no, that's not a bad kick to be on. Shoot is a really great song, and I was laying up. My poor wife is laid up today. She threw out her back, and um, I was sitting on the sofa, and I was just trying to make her smile, and I, I was like, uh, um, uh. That was a good story. Fuck you. I'm trying to remember I hope it's, I hope, I hope it's the first now. installment of a trilogy. Fuck you. It's a good cliffhanger ending. No, uh, I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> shit. What is this? How does the song go? It's like, where's like, what am I crazy about? What does that stand for? And you're supposed to say men, and Foley instead goes kittens, and then goes on. Foley, was she here, could do the entirety of Shoop, because then she starts reciting all the lyrics of Shoop from thereafter. Shoop is a good song. If you just want to fuck all hot black men on the planet, <laughs> that's a good anthem to have. Did you see, speaking of uh, hot fuckable black men, did you see the Tyrese Gibson video this week? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Tyrese Gibson, he's a no, rapper star. He's in the Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a video of his that went viral this week where he's trying to teach his daughter confidence. And so he's giving her a... Uh, this is a great speech about, I am significant. Ah, uh, your name was... Say your name. And, and he's... Yeah, it's fucking great. We'll have to put a link into the show notes, but uh, I've shown it to a couple people this week and they're all like, oh, it's like the best possible dad to have for any kid. It's just the best. Like, I think it makes a, a, any, any woman her ovaries just open and say, you know what? That's Come good on dad in. material. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, exactly. But uh, what else? What else? So, yeah. Salt and Pepper. So, so do you have a bunch of Salt, salt and Pepper to listen to? Yeah. Well, okay. Why don't know if maybe you're just grooving like on the memories of Salt and Pepper. You're just walking right. down the street and you're like... Bill, there's this crazy thing called the internet. And on the internet, there's a lot of music available to you. Just saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Little thing called yeah. GrooveShark.com. I just go GrooveShark. Give me some salt and pepper. GrooveShark. Oh, so is it like a legal listening and not just the internet dumpster? It's legal. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I think technically GrooveShark is one of those things where you shouldn't... It, it's like basically you can upload your music library and then stream it online. But then you oh, really? kind of add into a common database. And, but you're only supposed to upload things that you own. It's one of those things yeah, I exactly, can imagine. Yeah, exactly. Like your music that you've written and performed yourself. Of course. Yeah. Imagine, it's one of those things where I'm like, why hasn't this internet dumpster been shut down by now? And yet. That's amazing. So if I wanted to... If you, if you wanted to share your Robin Hood soundtrack... Mm-hmm. Or something like that, you could. That'd be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what you doing this week, Bill? Man, I do shit, man. I I worked on taxes. Like we were talking about right before the podcast started. Man, when you spend all week agonizing over taxes, there doesn't leave a lot of room for anything else. I played some Dark Souls. I'm almost at the end of that game. Yeah. But that's not interesting to talk about because you don't give a shit about Dark Souls. And there's you, nothing to say other than Dark Souls that it's really hard and it's really long. Yeah. 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 That's the end of my Dark Souls story. Good story, Bill. Well, yeah. I do I, have uh, flaming fire that shoots out of my hand and a giant sword that I've upgraded to level 10. Good on you, Billy. If that what's, makes for fascinating conversation. What's the and, Oh, level? I I did wake up a, a dragon skeleton last night. I, I walked into this cathedral and there's this dragon skeleton. And it's just like, it looks like it's like a long dead dragon skeleton. And I, and I walk past it. I was afraid it might wake up and try to kill me. But then I walk past it and there's a lever. 
mm-hmm. because Dark Souls has this thing where other people playing the game, they can leave messages for you as mm-hmm. war- words of warning or advice or something to people try to trick you. Mm-hmm. But the, around this lever, there's all these warnings from other players in the game saying, do not touch this. Do not <laughs> flip this switch. You are fucked if you flip this switch. And I was like, I'm flipping that switch. <laughs> and so I flipped the switch, and suddenly the dragon skeleton comes alive and then flies out of the top of the cathedral. I don't know if it's going to come back and try to hunt me down or what. But, oh, yeah, that was a very Bill Mudron moment in video games right there. <laughs> and it's Don't interesting because this. it was, like, live people warning me, not just NPCs. I'm going to shut up and let you talk. You can, no, you can tell your story. I have nothing No, to... you were trying to interject. I just, despite me saying there's nothing to say about Dark Souls, I just went off on a five-minute Dark Souls. Right? No, that's okay. I am excited yeah. about your Dark Souls adventures. Uh, I played more Infamous. I feel like a jackass, because I was like, oh, I guess I kind of did all the things with Infamous. Not paying attention to the fact that I had only unlocked half the city. So I just unlocked the other half of the city, and I'm trucking along. The game is getting What's the other half of the city like? Did you just unlock, like, downtown, or what? Yeah, it's just there's just more city across the bridge, and all of a sudden there's more city, and then things are slightly more difficult, and there's more stuff to do. I'm getting closer to unlocking a new power, I presume, but I'm busy, like, ticking off all the boxes around, exploding (laughs) all the... The the cameras and uh, getting all Does it all have different. the PAX Convention Center in there? Can you can <laughs> you see that? Uh, I have not looked gone looking for the convention center. I should try and hunt it down. I'm yeah, if back. you're a game developer, because I know the developer is actually based out of uh, Bellevue, Washington, and so mm-hmm. they're crazy if they don't put the Washington Convention Center in there with like little Mike and Jerry you can beat up handing a hand uh, outside the convention hall. It's it's one of those things where there's always licensing issues. Like, I know. Well, that's why supposedly the EMP and like Pike's Place aren't in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I'm really I am enjoying it. It's a solid little game, and it's scratching a very particular itch right now. So I've been really enjoying yeah. that. Um, I actually was laid up this week with some dizziness and nausea, so I stayed home on Friday and just kind of laid on my sofa making noises. And while I did that, I mainlined this terrible web series. Um, I I don't know if you've watched many web series, Bill. There's something about creating hey, something. You're talking to somebody. Look at this. I bought this box set to watch while I was doing my taxes. I bought the Angry Video Game Nerd Excuse me. box set. When so I I'm say, familiar with. When I say yeah. web series, I mean the web equivalent of a TV show as opposed to oh, just like. Not just like some YouTube channel, yeah. Yeah. Like, actual attempts at drama or even comedy or, like, basically an attempt to tell a narrative on the web. Like, something like The Guild or that sort of stuff, you know. But uh, most web series that I've watched, with the exception of High Maintenance, High Maintenance is really stunningly good and is something that could only exist on the internet. But What is High Maintenance? High Maintenance is a really great web series. You can find it on Vimeo. About uh, that's uh, actually really kind of fascinating. It is for all intents and purposes an anthology, um, and it's just all uh, little glimpses about you know. I think none of the episodes are more than twelve minutes long. And these little glimpses mm-hmm. in the lives of these New Yorkers, and the only connection is their pot dealer. It kind he's not really the protagonist. He's for most of the installments, he's really just kind of linking these people together, and they cast the most amazing people. It feels very organic and very naturalistic but it's still really funny really compelling and really moving like really spot on well shot I've never well heard edited super yeah. good highly recommend it but um it's pretty it, it's interesting because i don't see that formatting existing in any other medium like it wouldn't work yeah. as a tv show or anything else but it works really well as a web serial how it, long is each episode no longer than 12 minutes 
okay, was yeah, yeah. about five minutes ago. So it's like uh, an Adventure Time episode. So yeah, sure. It's like kind of a cartoon episode length. But um, yeah. most other web series I've watched, especially ones that shoot for drama, are just basically trying to be TV shows. But uh, there's no editor there to kind yeah. of help direct things. There's no group of writers to maybe corral things and. Man, so sometimes it goes for the worst. So I started watching Blue. I watched, like, the first five minutes on YouTube, a cu- like, when it launched a year or two ago. Because the premise of Blue is that it's Julia Stiles as a sex worker. And obviously this is a I was, web series starring Julia Stiles? Yeah. And obviously huh. I was on board, because I'm like, I, Julia Stiles is one of my first crushes. Even though she has a really weird face. <laughs> she was one of my first crushes She's ever. not ugly, she just has cat face. She's a, not even cat, she kind of has a baby face in a very true sense. She's a little bit like Jennifer Lawrence in that way. They could be sisters, because they both have, like, baby cat face. They both Strongly look like uh, Bailey. Strongly disagree. They look you very so? dissimilar. Jessica, uh, uh, excuse me, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lawrence has really expressive face. Julia Stiles has a strangely expressionless face which makes those bursts of expressions all the more substantial um also true full disclosure i really have a crush on her voice primarily Julie and Styles, then everything yeah. else well she has that slightly husky kind of like hello there i'm on board that marge so, simpson i was sick and i was like oh well um we're uh we're back on the hulu train just for a little bit and i was like well let's go this is on hulu they keep pushing it i'll try to go back and rewatch it and it's not very good but there is something weirdly compelling about it. This is the blue? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wound up mainlining the whole thing, like watching the whole first series, second series, and the third series just went online. It's interesting because it's the idea is it's for this web channel that's for women, and uh-huh. um, all the female characters are really poorly written. Like, every blue in her office job, every single interaction she has with her co-worker women, like, starts with, like, did you know, there's actually a line in there, it's like, did you know that women make 75 cents to a man's dollar? And that's how this woman says hello to blue at the start of the workday. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they kind of develop a plot thread and then just drop it, never to be seen again. And then oh, the third, okay. the third seer, the third season, like drops all the threads from the first two seasons to develop two new threads that are absolutely uninteresting and not related to the protagonist. It's just kind of a weird, weird show. But Julia Stiles is dreaming, wears an array of lingerie, and in the second season, she gets a um, very briefly has a relationship with this honky guy named Roy. Who I yeah. immediately got a full-throated crush on. He's played Aww. by this guy named Jacob Vargas, and uh, Foley and I. Foley was like, "Uh, yeah, we can invite him into our marriage." So, congratulations, <laughs> Jacob Vargas. You're in a very. Do they have a, Do they have like sex scenes or anything like that? Any no. anything that's palpable? No, no. He's okay. just there, cute and flirty, which I enjoy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, the third season, he's not present. They kind of just abruptly shove him off scene. But there is very briefly an incredibly awkward scene where he technically has sex with Julia Stiles. It's a thing. So yeah, yeah it's not very anything. good. Well, it's he's, she's having a nightmare, and there's hit, hit, oh okay, so it's, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you know the thing I like about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I've been. Busy. I was just saying. No, the, the the thing I like about Julia Stiles, she gets sense to get cast in a lot of roles where she has to wear an overcoat, like a long trench coat, which kind of looks as always a badass look for ladies. 
I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I don't know. She always ends up like in. Well, I've seen her like in the Born Identity movies. I was about movies to say, you stuff mean like in that. the Born Identity? She gets swears a lot. Well, I've seen her in trailers for other stuff. Wasn't she like in a dance off movie or something like that? Yes. She has yeah, and, and I think she's wearing like a trench coat in that. You know, it's always. She's, she's dressed like Harrison Ford in Blade Runner sometimes. Um, and that's always a good look for ladies. And True. she's a cute lady, and of course that's going to be a good look on her. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's any better or worse than her in lingerie, but I'm just saying that's nope. why I, I, I like this, the, the few things I've seen her in. Bill, what about her wearing a trench coat and then removing the trench coat to reveal she's wearing nothing but lingerie underneath? Uh, that's not bad. What would be better <laughs> if she removed the trench coat and she's naked, or better if she's wearing the lingerie? Oh, dude, you got the whole... The, you n- Nudity is not sexy, but undressing is sexy. People keep yelling at me about this. I'm like, okay, I can understand that. That's cool, too. Well, also depends on the kind of lingerie. Like, what's good lingerie? Like, people, no one can seem to agree. Like, some people love teddies, and everyone, some other people hate teddies. They think they're weird. It's almost like human desire is a strange value. I'm just saying, people are picky about that shit. At least if it's naked, it just cuts through all that shit. Okay, well, they're naked. That's true. Maybe it's dark, and you don't get to see everything. But... (laughs) So today is also a very exciting day for me because it's Tattoo Eve. You're getting your tattoo tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow at 6.30. On a Monday? Yeah. Don't you know that's the worst way for that to go wrong? If, if your tattoo goes bad, you can say, oh, it's Monday. Uh, is it going to be Garfield? Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> Garfield saying, I hate Mondays, so it has to I'm be. Just saying, no, Gar- Garfield on, on one butt cheek and, the, and lasagna on the other and him just tromping over it. There we go. That is an it's excellent Monday. idea about something I should have in my body for the rest of my life, Bill. Thanks so much for that insight. So wait. Uh, so you're getting, uh, what, are you still getting two tattoo, uh, tattoo on each arm, or what's what's going on tomorrow then? I'm starting with one. I'm getting a, a tattoo of one of the symbols of the Knights Templars, two riders on one horse. I'm sure I've talked about this at length on the podcast. Yeah, the inside of one arm, yeah. And so I'm getting that on my inner arm, My th- and I'm sure I've talked about this as well, my whole thing is that body is complete canvas to me. I can't uh, approach yeah. it as just scattershot pieces. So I thought at length, I wanted to get something in a place that I could see it because this was for me. So uh, right now I'm doing uh, two riders on one horse, uh, the knights on my uh, uh, left arm, and then eventually I want to get um, two cowboys on one horse that's sort of an allusion to Butch Cassie and Sunday's kid when they're fleeing on yeah. one horse together on the other arm. Is this going to be line art or is it going to be silhouettes? Uh, line art. Okay, okay. And Dylan designed uh, the first one? Yeah, I wanted her to kind of do it in uh, her kind of dance macabre sort of style. Yeah. And she'll come back and do the second one? I hope so. She was kind of scared. (laughs) No, I can understand why. Especially, it's not even just because she's uh, designing a tattoo for, for, like, a live human being, but the fact that you're a close friend, you know, that's even more Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. She's going to have to look at this statistically. Well, this is nice. You know so many artists that, like, like, if you decide to get more tattoos in the future, you could, like, well, like, Foley does the same thing, where Foley's got some crazy design tattoos from, like, different Mm -hmm. crazy people, because, well, no, no, they need need, need to know the artist to have something tattooed. I mean, she's got the whole Hellboy pancakes on thing. Yeah, like, she only like knows Mike she only knows one of the artists that she has art of other but than still, But if you wanted tattooist. to commission anything specific, though, mm-hmm. that's always nice. I've, I've thought about it, but you know, I don't know. Like I said, I approach the body as a complete canvas, so it's yeah. it's hard for me to just say, oh, well, and then I'll just get this. Have you thought forward, like, if you like, if you want to get stuff beyond the two arms, like, what would your next thing kind of be? Like, or at least where on the body it'd be? If I were to get some more, I'd probably get a sleeve, a full sleeve, probably on my left arm. That would be a Robin Hood sleeve. By left mm-hmm. arm? Because uh, that's what it would be with my knights. If you were to okay. have it with cowboys. 
Oh, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if, like, like Robin Hood draws his bow with his left arm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or some yeah. kind of, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No. That a sleeve, just... that would be a hell of a... Oh, man. That, that'd be a Well, because my whole thing is that I, I collect Robin Hood illustrations, so I can just pull yeah. from, like, some of my favorites. So that would be pretty good. Oh, anyway. so you wouldn't have anyone... You wouldn't commission anyone to design that for you? I would, but I don't know. I feel really, really weird commissioning friends for art. And uh, strangers for art, too. I just feel yeah. really awkward in that. Do you think all art should be free, right? That's exactly no, what no it is. No borders. No What's borders. What's the big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it. pictures. You draw it's all the time. Just draw things I say to draw. It's all good. Yeah, come on, pictures. It's fine. No, I don't you know. Fancy I feel, son of bitches. I feel awkward in that transactional situation. Like it actually was really hard for me to ask Dylan to draw uh, to design really? that tattoo for me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I feel weird about it. I don't want to be um, a burden. My biggest thing is that I hate being a burden on people, which is hilarious because I'm a giant mooch. But How I are you hate burden on burden. people about tattoos, though? Tattoo I, art. I know, I'm just saying, I hate asking for art, period, because all oh, my... Oh, and regardless of payment or anything like that, there's just the whole process of, like, commissioning somebody. Yeah, yeah I just feel... You feel I a little hate... needy, like, draw yeah. me a picture. I have, other than you and Dylan, I've actually never asked or commissioned an artist to draw me any Robin Hood stuff because I feel like it's just being a pain in the ass. Which I like, still owe you Robin Hood stuff, too. You've drawn me two Robin Hood things, dude. I still owe you more. I, I, I swear to God that I owe you more stuff. <laughs> Man, I saw a great Robin Hood. You know what? Oh, you know what? I think I was looking through, I was looking through the Robin Hood Tumblr tag, and I found a great, like, black and white Robin Hood and, like, old Robin Hood just like in the woods in the rain with his oh, hood yeah. on. Oh yeah, it's uh, that was from uh, Sketch Daily. One, one oh person really? Did a really? And I was rad. like, oh man, I wanted to forward that to you, but I figured you probably already. Yeah, you yeah. probably already retumbled that yourself. I was gonna say I posted it to my currently uh, largely defunct uh, Robin Hood Tumblr, hoodnick.tumblr.com. How many Tumblrs do you have now? Uh, I've got Hoodnick. I've got uh, Ladies Dressed Like Han Solo, which I never update either. Oh yeah, you gotta fix that. And my main Tumblr. Got a ladylike Tumblr. So five. Oh, you might have something new for your uh, ladies dressed like Han Solo Tumblr on Monday. Why do you say that? I've been working on something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw Captain America this week, and Captain America has Kobe Smolders, and of course, I've been raving about my my fantasy is if I were directing a Star Wars Episode Seven, I, the main hero would be played by Kobe Smolders. Yeah. And so I I I I I started doodling that last night. Awesome. I was up until two. It was one of those things where it was like eleven o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And I was like, oh, I feel like drawing a little bit. And it was like two thirty in the morning. That's why I just woke up right before the podcast. Where I was like, yeah, two and a half hours went by. I was like, whoa. Yep. Great. You're allowed. Yeah. No. Kofi Smolder. She's she's a cutie. I yeah, may I'm be going saying. to see Captain America tonight. I may. If Foley hasn't thrown her back, where are you going to go see it at? Um, we're going to go to Vancouver uh, to watch it with uh, my father-in-law. My father-in-law loves Captain America. Captain America is his favorite superhero because my father-in-law yeah. is a cutie. Actually, Captain America was my father-in-law's favorite <laughs> superhero until the Thor movies. Because I must have discussed this on the podcast. My father-in-law thinks that uh, Thor is one of his favorite movie love stories. Uh, he oh, really? loves Thor. And Between Thor has... and Natalie Portman or Thor yep. and Loki? Thor and okay, Natalie yeah. Portman is one of my father-in-law's favorite love stories. That he might make me go back and actually finish watching the first Thor movie because He's that's very cutest. cute that someone would be that wrapped yeah. up in that love story. Yeah. Yeah, I and you know, Aww. have you seen Thor two yet? 
No. I'm telling you. Is that you, a video yet? Uh, yeah. I'm telling you. There's something about Thor 2. It scratches the Star Wars itch. I don't know how, but it does. That yeah, because you were talking yeah. about that recently on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hi, Foley. Oh, my poor back-broken baby is peeking in the bedroom. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Foley. Hi, uh, Foley totally is walking like, oh, backache, backache, backache. Yeah, poor kid. She threw out her lower back, which is the worst. Uh, you know what? I've been having a lot of back problems recently, too. Yeah. And I was hanging out with Dylan yesterday, and I'm hanging out with Dylan, and nuts and bolts start popping out of my chair. Yeah. <laughs> and Dylan says, you know it. what? That might be the source. That might be one failure point for why maybe yeah. your back's th- kind of giving you issues these days, is that your it's chair is literally falling possible. apart in front of my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, baby bear. What'd you do, Foley? How, did you, uh, like, lift something? Or what, was this something at work? She was stretching, and her back did not... It crunched in a different way. Oh, and, no. Yeah, and now her lower back is all wonky. And your lower back is the worst, because that's your core. You can't really yeah, that's, do anything. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. You guys should totally go I see Captain America. I think you guys will dig it, especially if Foley's dad... dad thinks that Thor is the greatest love story ever yes, told. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, I undermined it. He really... Or underplayed it. He really thinks it's one of the greatest have, love stories of all time. Have, have you... Did, have you ever talked about the fact that he also... Chris Hemsworth is the only man my father, a almost sixty-year-old man, admits to having homosexual feelings for. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's adorable. Sixty. Has he seen him in anything else? Brawny, burly, yeah. awesome Navy man. Yeah. Aww. He would be the little spoon. He would be the little spoon. Yeah. It's so funny because he he will not say I have homosexual feelings no. for him because he's way too butch. He says yeah. things like. You know, what did he say? He if was it like, was the end of the world and we were the only two people left. I would cuddle for warmth? Is yeah, that yeah. He, said? He, could, he could hold me because I bet he'd be warm and I would be the little spoon. <laughs> wow. I, I would be curious to see what your dad's reaction to is, to Captain America because Captain America has alarmingly kissable little poofy lips. He does have alarmingly kissable little poofy lips. He has this default like pouty like yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's I I'm I I'm looking forward to it. Everyone keeps saying it's it's pretty darn good, and uh, yeah. I'm curious about it. But so so much of the hope fun... you get better, Foley. Yeah, poor kid. Take Bailey Aww. with you. Bailey, come on. We need to get Foley come a cane. No. Okay, Bailey, or Bailey, just chill out. Well, I'm sorry. I know this is gripping podcast stuff, but I don't want Bailey to be caught. You know, office. our our viewership is going up actually a little bit <laughs> since Everyone since Foley came to on the podcast. Me talking about uh, but no. uh... Oh, you know, Robert Redford's in that goddamn movie. Yeah, everyone's making jokes how ridiculous it is that Robert Redford had used the phrase Captain America. (laughs) Man, it is weird to see, because my my real Robert Redford exposure has been to Butch Cassidy and uh, The Sting. Mm -hmm. And there's something about seeing that guy 50 years on after, especially, like, oh man, that face. Something about that face, the fact that that guy is still kicking around is just a hell of a thing. And there's also a moment where he opens a refrigerator and there's a bottle of Paul Newman salad dressing in the fridge. So it's a little like, er-ba-der-ba-der. Get it, you guys. Get it? Because he added flavor to his life. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I feel bad because I I was kind of hate-talking Captain America on Twitter, which I didn't hate the movie. It just, this is another thing where people were, everyone was raving about how great this movie was. And it's a good movie. It's just, but it's still a superhero movie. And it feels like a Marvel superhero movie where there's way too many superfluous links to other superhero movies, yeah. uh, Marvel movies, just because they, just from pretty much for marketing, there, there's yeah. 
uh, two stingers at the end of the movie, one of which makes no sense unless you're already a hardcore Marvel fan. Because I was just like, what the hell? I don't even understand narratively what this scene is supposed to be, much less who these new characters they're introducing are. And Twitter um, had to had to had to correct me about that. About who Thor two. To be fair, they all have had stingers that were like, "What the fuck is Thanos? What the fuck is the Infinity Gauntlet?" I know. I know Nick Fury shows up. Like, who the fuck is Nick Fury? Who gives a shit about? Yeah, like, but yeah, it's still just like. But uh, uh, yeah, Thor Thor two also has two stingers. What what's next? Four stingers. Eight. Stingers? I know. What were, what were the two stingers at the end of Thor two? Uh, there's one that was a link to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? And then the final one was arguably the epilogue to the love story. Boop. So. Aw, did, so did uh, Foley's dad see that and his heart melt? Uh, probably. I'll have to ask him about it oh, at boo, length. Boo, boo, boo. So the thing is, is, though, I'm actually, I'm hoping Foley feels better because I want to go see it with Foley's dad. Because yeah. the older I get, the more I realize that if you want to have an enjoyable experience consuming something, consume it with someone who loves it. Because then you yeah. just kind of feed off of their enthusiasm. Like, for example, I love the Resident Evil movies. And those movies have a lot of problems, and no one likes them, except my friend Brenna loves them. And watching them with, in the context of her enthusiasm was the best. And the same with yeah. Judge Dredd. And, like, I watched um, the, the horror movie You're Next with the friend who loved it. And, it, like, mm-hmm. now I love that movie. And it's, like, these things that I wouldn't normally like or that I would normally be cynical about or skeptical of, if I just have it in, in the context of someone who loves it, then I love it. So going to see Captain America with Foley's dad would be the best context. I saw that uh, James Cameron did an AMA on uh, Reddit this week, just like yesterday, I think. Well, there's and a sentence that already annoys me. Continue. I know, but I'm just saying. But one of the few questions he answered was somebody asking him what his guilty pleasure movie is, and he said Resident Evil, specifically the first one. And yeah. I just thought that was very funny. And he said it's not a guilty pleasure because if it's guilty pleasure, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. It's just a pleasure. Fuck it. I don't care. I like that first yeah. Resident Evil movie. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, which, granted, I mean, James Cameron came from schlocky B-movie yeah. roots, so it makes yeah. sense that it, like one of his secret pleasures would be a schlocky B-movie yeah. based off a of video game. Um, but yeah, no, Cap- Captain America is very silly. My one problem, uh, aside from redundant story threads to uh, uh, links to other uh, Marvel movies in Captain America, is totally there's some weird issues where uh, this is trying to be kind of a political, uh, geopolitical thriller movie. Yeah. But still, this when the superhero stuff kind of gets brought up again, there was there was a twenty minute stretch in the middle of that movie where I forgot I was watching a superhero movie. But when the superhero stuff kind of kicks back in, it's just the tonal schizo- schizophrenic nature of that. Just yeah. Like, ah, uh, like my, my, the spoilers for Captain America two. There is a soldier, the, the movie a, that I may go see tonight. That I know nothing yeah. about. You know what? We'll talk. We'll talk about it when when you've seen it because it's not a huge spoiler, but it is kind of like something happens. Where you're like, oh, it'd be kind of nice if this happens. And you're like, oh, okay, that's gonna happen. Okay, I'm down with yeah. that. But then there's something that it's a kind of like, there's a detail in that where I'm like, kind of like, mm, that doesn't quite make sense. But it's be you know, this this only what's going on in this movie only works because it's a superhero movie. But if there were a I was gonna say, real movie, if Bill, this were a yeah. Bill. Bill, he was a scrawny boy during World War II oh, who was know, genetically I know, I know. altered to be a superhero. <laughs> he punched Nazis until he was frozen and now saves the world. Uh, you know, my only well, real problem with that movie is that the Winter Soldier looks like he should be uh, managing a Suncoast video. <laughs> the actor just doesn't look like 
physically threatening enough. He has this kind of surly face and long, long like uh, metal band hair. He really does look like he should have a name tag on him. Says, "My name is Charles. Can I help you?" Xavier, at Suncoast Video. Can I help you find your uh, Indiana Jones box set figurine? Um, Who's not he loves bad? It when the Crow merchandise goes on Markdown because he can yeah check exactly, his exactly yeah. Well, you know what? I never watched. I've never actually seen the first Captain America movie, but I guess this actor was actually they. I guess they really did set up everything in this movie in the in the first one. Bill, you have to watch the first Captain America movie just for the um, badass, stocky British lady special agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She shows up. She she does, she shows up as an old lady in this movie for ten seconds. No! It's so very cute. I don't want to sexualize an old lady. That was she, one she, thing that Foley's complaint about Blue. <laughs> Foley's like, I don't like that I learned that Julia Stiles is really sad and has an unfortunate life. I'm like, why? Does that make it difficult for you to objectify the sex worker to understand that she's a human being? She was like, shut up. <laughs> well, that should feed the fantasy of Foley like swinging in there and saving her from her life of despair. There we go. Um, but Bill, yeah, Captain America. It's, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you didn't yeah. openly loathe it. No, I had a good time. You know what? I went to go see it at the Baghdad. Oh, this is the first time where I've taken advantage of the fact that you can get drinks by a uh, pint. Mm-hmm. In a pint glass at the Baghdad. You know, I don't drink alcohol. But I was like, do you guys have, like, non-alcoholic apple cider? And like, yes, we do. And I got a big-ass pint glass of that and some popcorn and a soft pretzel. That's what, That was the first time I've been to a McMenamin's theater where I was like, I'm living the McMenamin's lifestyle. You know, with a big <laughs> table in front of me and a big cold pint glass of, of, yeah. of apple. And what's funny, too, So I'm watching Captain America, which is already kind of the corniest little kid movie in the world anyway. It's Captain America. He gonna fight the Nazi. He gonna punch them and throw his shield. And I've got my little thing, of essentially just apple juice, yeah. and popcorn, my soft pretzel, and I just felt like, I'm, 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 I'm like a giant man baby in the theater, but it was great. Um, well done, Billy. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? The, the one moment in the movie where I'm like, Man, this is what Captain America 3 needs to be about. Uh, you get to see, uh, it's a museum exhibit, inexplicably in the, in, in the Smithsonian, not of American, not the Museum of uh, American History, but in the Air and Space Museum, uh, there's a Captain America exhibit, which they actually show Captain America, I don't know if this was a thing in the first Captain America movie, but they show Captain America and his Helen Commandos. Okay. And they show him and all of his Helen oh, yeah. Commandos. Yeah. And, you like, see... one guy's Asian, one guy's black, and the other, like, it's a whole bunch of multi-ethnic bunch of dudes, but dressed like super badasses, and I'm like, yeah. that needs to be a goddamn Captain America movie. Yeah. None of this a fucking Avengers shit. Flashback to them just fucking, like, essentially inglorious bastards, but yeah. with a dude who throws a shield. Agreed. No, yeah, with the for the few bits when they show up in, in the first movie, you're like, why? Is it pretty when? good? I it's might have to go fun. back and watch that shit then. It's yeah. just What's the other thing? What other thing? How is Captain America <sighs> with the th- shield throwing stuff? I keep waiting for him. It seems like he should be a shield bender because it's amazing how often that shield returns to him despite the fact that he has no magic powers. Like, he is super smart and he understands all of the. Nah. Some na- I was gonna say all the math with all the angles and everything and how to get it yeah. to come back to him perfectly. He's girl. really good at pinball. Exactly, girl. Pool, sun. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, but yeah, that's the thing, man. And it was weird because like Scarlett Johansson looks weirdly kind of old in this movie. It's like for some reason they didn't hire her normal makeup person, which is not bad. I like women who look like actual like the how they kind of look. Although she has really weird flat hair, which is kind of weird. But. uh... <laughs> Bill's commentary on Captain America. How does his powers work? 
girls commentary <laughs> on Black but man, Widow. Her hair looks flat. She look old. Colby Smolder shows white up. Man. male in his basement. <laughs> I know, seriously. But yeah, between Colby Smolders and Jennifer Connelly showing up in, in the last two movies I've seen in the theater, it's just... I It's... My my critical skills just fall the fuck apart when you've got a, a woman, uh, a tall statuesque brunette over thirty shows up in a movie. I'm just like, how you doing? It's like Kobe Smolder shows up. I'm just like, oh man, yeah. why aren't you the star of all movies? Yeah. Fuck everyone else in this movie. Oh, yeah. how you doing? And you know she's dressed like a super badass and she's like tough and competent, but she can be funny. It's yeah. like the best. That's like the best possible like female movie archetype there can be. Seriously, um, and it's also perfect for Star Wars. I agree. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you could you could believe her. She she would be the son of uh, stupid Han Solo and ridiculous uh, Princess Leia. <laughs> there we go. All right. I enjoy your what use else? of arbitrary adjectives there. Um, the other show that I've been watching a lot of during my um, sick time is I've been watching the Kroll Show. Have you watched the show, Bill? Okay, okay, okay. When you say when you say that out loud, I think of two things: either the old movie Kroll, right, or Crawlers. The delicious donut. No, neither. It's not neither that. of those. The Kroll Show, as in Nick Kroll, K R O L L. Oh, he did no, not Kroll with the, like this glaive, and there's a, uh, and there's a cyclops who gets crushed in the door. It's not Kroll, that. Bill. That's exactly the conversation I wanted to bring up right now. Okay, <laughs> tell me about Kroll. So I only know of this guy because he's a character on the League. He plays an odious character on the League, and he's really funny though. And I also mm-hmm. know him because I watched a few episodes of Comedy Bang Bang, and he shows up as a um, Hispanic uh, radio host, like a shock jockey sort of thing, and it's the funniest goddamn shit. He also plays the douche on uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, that shock- guy! You know, Joshin loves that guy. Yeah. Well, Bill, you've got to watch the Kroll Show. The Kroll Show is amazing. It's a sketch you know comedy thing. Joe, Jojo showed me a couple clips from that because it was funny because for a while I was saying like I know this son of a bitch what do I know this guy from and after like after watching a couple sketch it clicked I was like oh I, I the picture in my head of him going it's the douche yeah I was like oh douche. that's what I know this guy from and it's funny because then I had to explain to Joshin like how I know him and it was completely like here's this dude on Parks and Recreation he's a shock jock he's a but he's an ass oh, I don't know it's it's you just have to watch it yeah um, but anyway. what's great about the Kroll show is that the sketches are pretty damn funny. His casting is always spot on. Um, speaking of Parks and Rec, the girl who plays uh, Mona Lisa uh, it is a recurring character on the Kroll show. Fucking yeah. hilarious. But what I love about it is the usually the crux of most of his um, sketches are riffing on TV genres. So he has like a couple of re- recurring uh, reality TV sketches and uh, like a few... Like he does one that's a riff on Degrassi that's just the funniest goddamn thing. But what's, what's the best part of the whole joke is that the editors and the filming and the lighting, like all the production values are also spot on to the point that when you're watching it and a commer- and an actual commercial comes on, you're not sure for the first 10 or 15 seconds whether it's really a commercial or whether it's another sketch. Oh, yeah. It's just absolutely perfect. It's so goddamn funny. I have I, I can't show it to Foley right now because of her back pain. She can't laugh too much and it's just too goddamn <laughs> funny. It's my, it's current, I'd say it's like one of my favorite sketch comedies that I've seen oh, in a yeah, long time. Cool. So. Hey, if you guys go to the movies tonight, is Foley gonna drive? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if she could drive with that bag. I would assume that would well, be the actual why. hardest part of going to the movies, yeah. Well, and sitting in a, even a really nice theater seat 
is not. Yeah, I mean, gotta make sure that thing. shit's reclining or something like that. Yeah. Well, her dad did want us to go to like one of the the reason why we would go out to Vancouver is he wants to take us to like a fancy schmancy theater that's out there with like crazy like new new bells and whistles, Dolby surround sound, and like crazy yeah. sofas and all that stuff, but. Yeah, doing anything but laying either entirely horizontally flat on her back or, like, basically stomach down on a yoga ball. Those are the only things that feel comfortable yeah. right now. Well, if now. you can't see it tonight, then maybe next Friday or Saturday night you guys yeah. can go see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in a post-inked Annie world. Oh, they even more badass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I did this weekend was yesterday here in Portland was line work Northwest in the beautiful Norse Hall uh, building. Uh, it's interesting. This is a new local con that's kind of intended to um, f- uh, pick up uh, the mantle of Stumptown. Um, Stumptown was one of our local festivals, and Stumptown originally started with a much more in uh, a small local indie artist focus, and then kind of got bigger and, and turned into a little something else. I'm not quite sure what. But this this is interesting because their focus really was on art and illustration. So the curation was very much so um, from the indie spectrum and from just the straight up illustrator spectrum. So the curation was spot on. Really great crowd. The building was awesome because it was the Sons of Norway Hall, at, which is like a, a, a dance hall that was built in the 60s. And it's just like has all these great flags and it's got a stage with um, a backdrop of like mountains, like beautiful Norway, the mountains of Norway. And it's just the cutest venue and great crowd. Uh, I actually volunteered. I was working at check-in for the first couple of hours. And just all the artists that came in were phenomenal and their work was phenomenal. I dropped $100 without blinking, I'll tell you that. And uh, mm-hmm. just a really good show. I'm excited about it next year. Nice input. <laughs> The thing about it is that it was, uh, um, it was in the, I'm so the... angry that it killed Stumptown. I just, so filled with rage. <laughs> no, no, that sounds like, I, I saw a bunch of pictures of, uh, yesterday people posting it. Man, that's, that hall seemed completely packed. It was. Very also, much that so. hall seemed like something out of a Wes Anderson movie. That looked like the Grand yep. Budapest Hotel that they were holding the convention, which totally is a flashback to some of the older days of the Stumptown Comics Festival that were held in... Uh, like gymnasiums or like right. small church rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that that that's. I that's hopefully, cool. hopefully, they kind of stay at that venue for a little while. Hopefully, it's that that's the thing that kind of. I don't know what specifically killed Stumptown to the point where they stopped doing it, but there 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 did seem to be a lot of agreement that uh, as Stumptown tried to grow bigger by moving to like this the the Oregon Convention Center into bigger, mm-hmm. colder less uh, interesting spaces that the convention itself kind of lost a lot of its own identity and personality. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they kind of keep, if, if line work continues to be a thing, they, they, they manage to keep it in spaces that are kind of fun and accessible for people. And it's kind of warm and cozy. And yeah, they don't try to like turn it into something that maybe it shouldn't be. Well, one of the big reasons why they had it in that venue is that they wanted to be able to serve alcohol on the site. And that's so interesting. There, there's actually a bar in that venue, and they held really? all the panels in the bar, and then you could buy. Oh beverages. wow, really? Yeah, well, like the and people you could just speaking, buy... like 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 serving drinks or like what's no. like. No, yeah. there was a bar bill, which meant there was a bartender. Okay. But uh, yeah, they just had. So one it was like trivia night at the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's yeah. pretty great. So I, I left before the bar opened just because I didn't want to tempt myself at all um still rocking my sobriety of course what did we yeah, do congratulations we, 
we we went to the Doug Fur, <laughs> and we went there right when their their food hours ended, and so we had to get happy hour in the bar, which meant I had to stand at the bar and order my food and just stare at the bourbon. Oh goddamn, yeah! I'm surprised you, man. Congratulations on pulling through that without like succumbing. Uh, Jesus. But no, man, yeah. did you see? Have you ever heard of Blue Star Donuts? Uh, I have not had a chance to go yet. They're just in the middle of opening their location on Hawthorne. Are you yeah. going to segue into the article he wrote about this this week in response to Voodoo Donuts? No way. What happened? Oh, I presume that was your segue. Uh, the guy who um, open is uh, who runs Blue Star Donuts also runs Little Big Burger. And there was an interview with him this week where he admits that uh, the reason why he opened Blue Star Donuts was in direct response to Voodoo Donuts. Because he was like, I waited yeah, two goddamn... Yeah, the famous Portland landmark, yeah. Yeah, he was like, I waited two goddamn hours in line for a donut. And those two hours of my life, I will never get back. And like, Yeah, Voodoo to... Donuts are not necessarily very good. I no. mean, they're donuts. They're not, like, they're not bad donuts, but they tend <laughs> they're to be uh, donuts... First. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they tend to be just kind of like ordinary donuts with stale cereal dumped on top. Which, yeah, they're not, the not worth a two-hour wait at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and they're not wait. They're not worth uh, how everyone when someone comes to Portland, the first thing they're directed to is Voodoo Donuts. You can make the same thing at home if you just want the Dunkin' Donuts and just dump some fucking Captain Crunch on top. Pretty um, much. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, Landmark Northwest was great. Uh, highly recommended if you're in the Portland area next year to swing out by, and it, it's a it's a good hoop nanny. So what I did sp- you get? What did you buy? I was really excited because I picked up a copy of Wolf and Jump. I backed their Indiegogo, but I got bought it actually from Sloan and had her draw Wolf in it, so it's pretty rad. And uh, I picked up um, actually some comics by the guy who ran the con. Um, Francois, I can't remember his name, his last name now. But, of course um, this convention great. would be run by someone named Francois. Jesus You'd Christ. recognize him if you saw him. I remember him. Then again, you know what? Stumptown was founded by someone literally named Indy. <laughs> not that, not Indy, like, independent, but it was Indy, like, Indiana Jones. But, like, it's still, like, if you were to say, oh, the founder of the independent Stumptown Comics Festival, Indy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, I picked up some Wovable Oaf. Oh, uh, yeah! Good. <laughs> yeah, Bill. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I picked up some prints and stuff. Uh, my no, I was talking to. I was talking to Dylan, and I was like, "Well, we were hanging out yesterday, and I was looking at the the, the list of exhibitors, and I saw Wolfable Oaf was on the list." And Dylan's like, "Do you love Wolfable Oaf?" And I was like, "No, I've never bought Wolfable Oaf, but I just love the idea of uh, idea of Wolfable. Well, I can't even say it straight now. Wolfable Oaf, because they would always exhibit at Stumptown. Yeah, and." Like, it's like this comic about big bear dudes, mm-hmm. but it's all pink and black and, like, the great graphic design. And I, yeah. I don't even know what the comic's about, but I just love the design of all their merchandise. See, that's the thing. I like the design more than I actually like the comics, to be honest Oh, really? With you. Oh, okay, but that's I really like the design. Yeah. Um, and what I love is that the, the creator was there in his Bera fantasy shirt. Yeah? Which is a shirt I really would buy, but I feel like I, as a married bisexual, am not the person who should be wearing the Bera fantasy shirt, but I want one. What's the shirt? What's on the shirt? It says Bera fantasy, and there's a sword in between it. I need to buy that Bear, Bear a fantasy? Bera. What's this mean? What's the joke? I'm not quite sure why you couldn't oh. wear this shirt. Bera is, uh... Something that I would know and you would not. Much like you would know Fuda and I would not. Yeah, uh, what's Bera? Bera, yeah. Bera is uh, uh, 
genre of usually like comics. It well, it's kind of like a, a, how do I describe it best? It's kind of a the way that Yaoi involves feminine, usually like more feminine men. I can't remember the yeah. word. Um, uh, but, uh, Bera is, like, manly, burly men with, like, you know, bears. It's essentially, bears, yeah, like, yeah. Japanese bears. And, uh, um, and it's usually, and it specifically is, whereas Yaoi is usually gay, um, boy love comics oriented towards women. Bera yeah. tends to be man love comics oriented towards men. So okay. it's all, like, butch-ass dudes and that but sort of But it's usually stuff. of, like, a Japanese origin? Did the Japanese oh, just, is. like, take the word bear yeah. and just kind of adopt it to... Uh, no, bear actually, I think, means rose in oh, uh, okay. in Japanese. And, is, um... Is there a term for kind of, like, the lesbian female version of bears? I mean, I, I you could say bull dykes, but that almost seems like a derogatory term. But, like, is there, like, within the, like, the lesbian gay community uh, any kind of, like... Butch. Just butch. That's it. Just butch. That's it. That's, butch. That's, this is kind of. I don't know. Everyone knows butch. There's no secret password for like big strapping ladies. No. Well, I mean, there's not really a. I mean, Barrett isn't a password. It's just a subgenre that's not as well right. known, yeah. and okay. it hasn't. It hasn't largely been um, taken over by external things. Whereas, butch... yeah, which is nice. Yeah. I, let's put it this way. I don't know about it, so they're safe. There are only, like, a handful of collections of Barra comics in print, and it's actually funny, in English, I should say, and yeah. uh, fully gave me crap because I bought one, and I had it sitting on my coffee table during my birthday party. <laughs> it was just sitting there. No one noticed it, though, so it's fine. It's fine. Aww. But yeah, I'm like, I want this Barra Fantasy shirt, but where the fuck am I going to wear a Barra Fantasy shirt other than Linework Northwest next year? So, I don't know. I should just go ahead and get it. You know, you're looking in Portland. People would pick up on it, though. You'd probably get thumbs up from Big Bear good dudes that you'd bump into at, the, at, at like, the grocery store or something. Okay, I love that this Bear Fantasy shirt is actually available in Ladies 2XL. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, come on. Okay, it's not like I they're going to get upset at you just because you could, like, you're trying to, like, head... head like headman and on their their thing it's not like you know you can make you can very well make the argument that the idea of a uh gay male uh storytelling for men to have a woman horning in on that is really not kosher it's like the fact that i want to go to bear nights in town and stuff just because i find it adorable and i'm like that's probably not super kosher would being attracted to bears make that even better or worse that you would wear the shirt See, I don't know. I feel like as a, as a person outside of the community. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying anytime, to think of like the politics of the situation. Yeah. Anytime you are an outsider, it makes it. There's a lot of potential for being insensitive. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And fetishizing kind of, and objectifying. You're this kind of horning in on something where you're not invited, more or less. Yeah. Oh, man, what? speaking of horning in on things you're not invited, <laughs> so I'm really excited because uh, Thunder from Down Under is coming to town. Uh, this what the hell be, is this? It is an Australian all-male review that was in Vegas, and they're on the Oh, road. no. Uh, I, they're coming to uh, Spirit Mountain Casino in May, and I'm so mad that I really don't know many women who will go to this with me. And I know no men who will go this with me. This makes me so mad. Like, I, why is it that I have a gay best friend back in Texas, but not in Portland? This is appalling to me. 
Brenda will go with me, but that's about it. Like, other than that, what? everyone I know either has too much self-respect or uh, would think of it as a joke as opposed what to something they do? they genuinely enjoy. It's a male review. They're, they dance and strip. I would go. I would <laughs> nope. totally go. Nope. I, w- I, I would cannot go think of so anyone much. I would want to go with less than See, Blood I would Hunter. go. See, that's the unfortunate thing. I would go, but it would be an anthropological thing. It wouldn't See, be that's like... The thing. I want to go with someone who actually wants to go with the same yeah. degree of delight and excitement that I would. But See, I would go things. to watch you as much as the, like, the nope. goddamn uh, nope. the shit on I'm the stage. I'm not interested yeah. in going as being someone being observed in that. That's the thing. It's like, I don't want to be humored. I know. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I don't want to be justified. Like, just tolerated. Like, that sounds like the least fun thing. I spent my whole life being humored, and I like being humored. Everyone in the humor is my enthusiasm frequently and i really appreciate it but sometimes you don't want to be goddamn humored you want someone yeah, sometimes you want to you. yeah you want to go to something you want to fucking you want to go with people who are going to fucking roll with you yeah. into that situation not just be like oh well i'll go with you just so you don't feel lonely but yeah you want people to like yeah let's do this shit yeah that's why i'm so bad i'm like do i have to import my gay best friend from texas to go to this with me <laughs> it's like come on dudes um have you been to spirit mountain before too no, the only casino I have ever been to in my entire life are casinos in Vegas. Yeah. So I think my well, then you probably that you, the Spirit Mountain probably doesn't have anything on that. You've probably experienced the craziness, crazy, craziest version of all that stuff. See, that's the thing. It's like I my I've totally like tasted the the heights, you know. Yeah, because so. Spirit Mountain tends to be kind of like large and cold and kind of depressing. But if yeah. you're going to see it for a very specific show, if you're not worrying about playing the slots or anything like that, yeah. that's kind of a different thing, but yeah. So yeah, Spirit Mountain. So this you, you this you putting out the, the bear signal to try to f- uh, find uh, p- uh, people to come with you to go see the... Uh, the see, the I don't know. Australian it had to be someone... It, I, 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 I'm probably not going to go. But I see, my thing is uh, that I'm going to go with tickets? a friend. 15 bucks. I'd want to go what with is a this? friend... Mid-May, I'm not going with you. And if you go, no, I will no, no, never no. I'm not, go. I'm not even trying to make myself go, but I'm just saying if anyone in Portland... No. I don't want to go with a stranger. I want to go with a like-minded friend. I am bemoaning the fact Take that Brenna. I have... I will probably go... If I go, I'd probably That's go with Brenna. But Brenna, I'm like, it, may, it bums me out that I have... The thing is, is that it's not just who would go see an all-male review. Because I know I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I would go see an all-male review. There's something about, like, actually the act of being at an all-male review. Like, that's the reason why Foley doesn't want to go. Like, for example, Dita Von Teese came to town, and I was like, we're gonna go see Dita Von Teese, right? And Foley said that she didn't want to go because she didn't want to be with the people who would go to a Dita Von Teese show. Yeah, that's like me, like, I like, uh, like, I would love to see Tom Waits live, but then I would want to kill most of the people in the audience, because a lot of the people like Tom Waits are fucking dipshits. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, do you, she does, and, and also being seen in the crowd, like she she was she was basically like I don't want to be the visible lesbian in a crowd of middle aged white ladies getting drunk and shouting at half naked men. Is that what v- Dita Von Teese's audience tends to be? No, I'm talking about in this case. I'm talking about oh, in that kind of case. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. Uh, Thunder Down Under. So yeah, well, that's unfortunate. She never got to see D- uh, Dita Von Teese live then. Ah, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's like, I get where that's coming from, but I feel like I, I've heard that argument from a lot of people about a lot of live events is that they want to go see the event. They just don't want to have to be part of the culture. See, around I the get to be event. on the opposite and I get to be on the opposite side of that because John Williams is playing in two weeks here in Portland. 
mm-hmm. and I get to be the big fat hairy guy who only shows up <laughs> to the thing because he's, I like Star Wars. He wrote the music for Star Wars, and I'm going to sing along with every note. See, Whereas, like, season is... ticket holders for the yeah. Oregon Symphony are going to want to fucking shoot the shit out of everyone, all of us who show up to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, my whole thing is that I feel like if there's a thing you're excited about, you shouldn't let other people... It it just makes me sad, the idea of other things external to yourself keeping you from experiencing the things you want to experience. It makes me sad, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like we've all been there. There have all been things where it's like, I feel shamed and I can't do this, or like, I don't want to be judged for this or anything like that. I mean, Christ, it happens to me all the time. But I'm like, I don't want to go to... I don't want to not go to a thing just because I'm worried about the other people who will be there. It just sounds like that's shitty to me. I totally get where people are coming from in that argument, but... Yeah, it makes me sad. Let's just go look at dudes shake the dongers and not make a big deal out of it. It's fine. You know who else I would add to my collection, my my, my mental harem of statuesque brunettes uh, over the age of 30 are totally hot? Carolyn DeVernas. Oh, I was watching Hannibal this week, and I, I realized that, that she's totally one of those people, too. She's hot as hell. I will have a long-standing crush on her since Wonderfall's days. I've seen... And Bill, if you would like to some recommendations on some terrible Dear- Carolyn DeVernon movies... Which is oh, yeah, I know. You're the expert. Yeah. I have watched all of them. I will loan you Surviving My Mother, which is a really <laughs> terrible movie where she is the daughter of a woman suffering cancer, and she yeah. bangs her way through her grief. It's, yeah. Really? Is it uh-huh. is it explicit? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really? girl. Yeah, you get girl. to see naked Carolyn Davernos. Yeah, girl. I'm just saying. Is it good? I'm part of the problem. Welcome to the Annie is part of the problem segment of our podcast. <laughs> it, it's not terribly. She's great in it. She's a really yeah. great actress. The thing is, is that she's not terribly statuesque. She's like five five. No, that's the thing. But like in terms of like, it, she's more, got more about her face and stuff. though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's a, a lot of a big part of that is the personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not necessarily like, okay, well, like she's got a great tits or ass or anything like that, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's, yeah. I like, she's got a swimmer's Someone build. Someone who's more than the sum of their parts, let's put it that way. She's got a stocky swimmer's build that's just interesting to me. You think she's so? I've never really paid attention to her body. Like, you know what the funny thing is? I, I have. You, <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, like, why I kind of realized, I was like, okay, I'm done with Carolyn Devernos was actually, uh, I think, like a week or two ago. You posted mm-hmm. a couple anime gifts on Tumblr of her, just like yeah. her, like her face, kind of like looking. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a goddamn pretty lady. She's really neat looking, and she looks yeah. neater the older she gets too. Which is so. why I want to kick the shit out of Hannibal more every week. They waste her goddamn ass. On that I kid, know but... she. It makes me sad because really, spoilers Wonderf- for Hannibal for season two. No, I'm just saying right is now, it. Wonderfalls was such a great opportunity for her to do a lot of range and she's really funny and she was the focus and that was my introduction to her and now it bums me out that whenever I see all these things where she's an incidental character I'm just like oh come on especially on a Brian Fuller project that's what kind of kills me is that she's become so incidental on Hannibal and yeah. I'm like, oh, come well, on, Hannibal is a show that's not about the women in that world. It's I about know, Hannibal Lecter, and everyone only matters in relation to him. And, but she's a how... character that's that's increasingly defined by her gender rather than her job or, oh, or yeah. her character. To uh, be she, fair, she's essentially she become a damsel. Was, I know, her, but she was only there to be a love interest. She at really the start was. of Hannibal, she's 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 positioned as another psychiatrist, one who's just as smart and adept as anyone else on the show. And now a season and a half in, and now she's the fact that she's like this whip smart psychiatrist uh, or psychologist or whatever the hell it is uh, is completely not related to the plot. Now it's just by the fact that like whose girlfriend is she? And it just kind of. 
Well, I mean, to be, I, she was only positioned in this in this place of intelligence and authority so she could become this girlfriend mother figure to Will. Yeah. Like that was her character was never going to be anything. Did you watch this week's that. episode? No, I'm behind yet. <laughs> My wife can only watch Hannibal in certain contexts. Like she's like, I don't want to watch it before we eat dinner or while we're eating dinner. I don't want to watch it too late. So it's like it's yeah. it, it, as soon as we finish broadcast or uh, podcasting, I may be able to go talk her into it because the sun is Will out. Will and Alana, they yeah. have a conversation this week where if I were Will, I would have thrown a rock at her head. Where I'm like. If you wait, you apply your logic to, to, to how you're treating Hannibal. If you apply that and reverse that to me, or vice versa, what you're doing makes no goddamn sense. But anyway, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, oh, Bill. I oh, Bill. How is, how is Game of Thrones is treating you, Billy? Hey, guess what happened on Game of Thrones? <laughs> Fucking Game of Thrones. Really, is Game of Thrones not a TV show? It's a substance. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's really, you know, it's like it doesn't seem like there's any like new events happening. It's always just the same people on the same sets in the same woods just killing each other. And it's just like it never really changes pitch, which is funny because uh yeah, seasons, yeah, brand new season of Game of Thrones just started. And it's the first episode that kind of takes place after this war mm-hmm. uh, that has been pretty much the whole focus of the first 3 seasons has finally ended. And so it's kind of like more about the fallout of the war. And I guess tonight's episode is going to be that we're going to, spoiler for Game of Thrones, it sounds like we're going to be losing a major character tonight, finally. Um, Which, I kind of wonder how long people are going to hang on to this show. Considering they killed off so many of the good guys last, last, at the end of last season, we're about to lose a major bad guy tonight. That's kind Um, of how Game of Thrones works, son. It's the big shitstorm. That's why he keeps hastily, uh, hastily cramming in new characters so he can kill them But without the war, there's no real shape to that story. Mm -hmm. Then it just, like, that's what everyone complains about the books uh, following Storm Swords, that uh, there's no narrative drive anymore. It's about a bunch of characters kind of aimlessly wandering around and then you're just waiting for Khaleesi to get her shit together and bring the dragons over mm-hmm. and fuck up Westeros. But who, who the fuck... That still hasn't happened in the books. So it's not going to be happening anytime yeah. soon in the, in the, on the goddamn TV show. The, the whole show is the Sword of Damocles. Except there yeah. are two swords. There's one sword marked Daenerys and her dragons and then there's another sword marked the White Walkers. And you're just yeah. waiting, waiting, waiting. But... You know, it's that totally that boy who cried wolf sort of thing to introduce a new metaphor. That's well, that's just like, like they're kind of running out of characters who are not related to that the, to either of those stories to propel the TV show. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's yeah. just yeah. Oh, Game of That's why I stopped watching the show. I was like, that's. Yeah. They that's... did give uh, who's who's attractive guy? The attractive man on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Which one? They gave him a golden hand last week. Oh, I was wondering how they were going to get around the fact that it's obnoxious to do fake. They did because there were a a couple shots where he doesn't have his hand. It's obviously his just hand just like they just made his sleeve a little bit longer and it looks terrible. So I'm glad. But now now he's got an extra large golden hand because it's just like kind of like like stiff glove or something that he was wearing. So it's kind of weird. He's like Captain Big Hand now a little bit too. It's kind of silly. But um, yeah. The Game of Thrones stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you, you get to see um, Tywin Lannister melt down ice. Uh, the, the, the sword that belonged to um, Sean Bean. And he gets turns into other swords and stuff. So sad. Oh, Game of Thrones. You are. Oh, you know what the show. best? They did introduce the Red Viper, who is essentially just, uh, what's his name from The Princess Bride? That's Nathan a really vocative say. I was going to say, um, uh,. Shit, I can't remember his name. Uh, Andre the Giant. Montoya. Man, you've been taken. Yeah. 
that's that that's this week in Bill's Game of Thrones corner. <laughs> that's this week in Bill describes television and he's not watching. Hey, Annie, guess right, what friends. happens? Uh, Mad Men comes back tonight. Guess what happens on Mad Men? It's Mad Men. There's more. It, it, that's another TV show that's just of a substance. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter what happens from episode to episode. It's just like you know, big tits and 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 vodka martinis and stuff. Hey, everybody! We never introduced ourselves. This is the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie, and that's Bill. We're gonna. Are we starting the break. podcast now? That's right. We're gonna. Is that just pre-show? We're going to take a little break and come back for the Geek Week in review. Oh, yeah. Here we are together, a couple of stale uppers. Our day is done, breakfast time, and starts it with ourselves. Here we are together, ah, but the best of friends must party. So let me sing this party song from the bottom of my hearty. Good. Hey everybody, it's time for the Geek Week interview. First off on the docket, Mickey Rooney is dead! Thank God, we've all been waiting, it's finally happened. At last, Bill's mortal foe, Mickey Rooney, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've hired a couple bounty hunters to take him down, and I can't believe how spry he was! He escaped every attempt! Whoever took uh-huh. him down this time, it wasn't me. So law enforcement, I know your NSA is listening to this, it wasn't me. I did not kill Mickey Rooney. Mm-hmm. Did you see how he did die? Old age. Really? I'm presumably he was an older man. I was I was gonna make a joke about how he got killed by a barn door because he and wasn't that the thing about him and uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz? Judy Garland. We're gonna put on a show. They're always gonna mm-hmm. put on a show like in a barn. So I was like, we gotta save the community. Well, not the community center. That's more of a like seventies, eighties kind of thing. But I was always like, yeah, I'm let's really make some enjoying money. spoke bill joke bill. I'm enjoying you struggling towards this joke. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Well, I'm trying to lay down, I'm trying to expose my my plan towards getting towards this joke to the listeners. You're so you really can't the appreciate the joke. They can like yeah. they can this is the supplemental uh exactly. making of featurette about my joke. Where I'm at least yeah. going to tell people where this is going. You know that Joe Rodowski's yeah. Dune documentary that just came out? Yes. About, yes. This is that of my joke. Where this is my original <laughs> vision for this joke. It never actually worked out the way it was supposed to. It was never released. But here's yeah. my vision. <laughs> for that joke. It's Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. They're singing and dancing. And a barn door mm-hmm. falls on Mickey Rooney, and that's how it does. Yeah. Even though Judy, yeah. Judy Garland's been dead for 50 years, too. Good job, yeah. So, like, do you have any memories about Mickey Rooney or anything like that? Have you ever seen anything in, 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 that he was in that you're like, oh, man, Mickey Rooney? I have watched at least one of those Let's Put On a Show movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one. Did he, Was there one just called Summerstock? Yeah, was something like that, yeah. I used, I used to watch those movies when I was a kid at my grandma's house. That's my, yeah. that's really my real exposure to Mickey Rooney. Aside from the fact that he guest starred on an episode of The Simpsons once, where he played yeah. a like a, a like a uh, a superhero, washed up superhero guy, real quick. But um, yeah. Excuse me, Summerstock is a let's put on a show movie, but he is not in it. It is in fact a Gene uh, Kelly Judy Garland movie. Oh so, wow, he got co-opted. He got me. replaced by Gene Wilder. Uh huh. Gene Wilder. Yeah, I know. I've seen Gene Kelly. Oh well, they're almost the same. Pretty much identical. Yeah. Um, I know I've seen a Mickey Rooney movie, but I can't think of a I know, one. this is this is how old he is, and we actually do like old movies that we're both like, yeah, Mickey Rooney, he must have been something and we've seen someday, something, something, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? Let's move on. I gotta uh, look up Mickey Rooney ultimate, now. The ultimate warrior is dead. 
Why do you have to say it like that? Like, you don't know who the ultimate warrior is. Is. I do not know who the ultimate oh, this warrior is. breaking my heart. This is totally a generational thing because a lot of people on Twitter were also like, what the fuck is an ultimate warrior and who cares if it's dead? Did it die in an ultimate war? <laughs> no. Ultimate warrior was a wrestler from the WWF back in the 80s. Uh, um, yeah. he, he was he, right at the white hot heat of the apex of the WWF's uh, popularity back in the 80s. He was, mm-hmm. I guess, by virtue of the fact that, like, so few people recognize, don't recognize his name, his name, but they would recognize Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage yeah. or even Andre the Giant, yeah. would seem to suggest yeah. that he was maybe not an A-list wrestler, A-list wrestler, but he was kind of a B-list uh, wrestler. He was this great big dude who would put on war paint and super crazy colorful neon, like, rags on his arms and legs. Oh, and like, okay. He, he would bounce up and down up on the, uh... Up on the on the wrestling ropes, and like he always acted like kind of like a maniac. Now that I Google him, I recognize him. Yeah, exactly. Like if you've seen a picture, you might go, "Yeah, he's like the quintessential '80s ridiculous wrestler." Or yeah, yeah just the yeah. look of him. He like big poofy metal hair. Uh, it is, is yeah. He was. He had a mustache at one point. Yeah. Well, no, it was weird. Well, people, the, the, this death was really remarkable because, um, WrestleMania 30 just happened last weekend. And on the eve of WrestleMania 30, which is funny to think WrestleMania was old enough to have 30 years of WrestleMania, which is kind of ridiculous. But on the mm-hmm. eve of WrestleMania 30, they had a uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame ceremony. One of the inductees was the Ultimate Warrior. And he yeah. showed up, and it was a big thing, and he was dead like three days later. Uh, it mm-hmm. sounds like he just died of uh, some kind of heart attack or something like that. Because they, mm-hmm. they said he was like he was walking with his wife out to a cab. Uh, from, like, his hotel or something like that, and he just dropped dead. It's not like... I, I, th- I thought maybe at first maybe it was a suicide or something like that, where, like, maybe he got inducted in the Hall of Fame and he realized, this is the apex of my popularity. This is where I gotta end this train. And uh, especially because his speech at his Hall of Fame ceremony was really about, like, the like this is the culmination of a man's life and where do you go from here? And he was very uh, expressing a lot of gratitude towards his fans, the ultimate warriors for making him who he was. And he put on the mat, like, well, he always used to wear face paint back in the eighties, but for this, uh, I love the fact that for the ceremony for the hall of fame thing, he brought with him his own ultimate warrior face paint mask that he put it on. And he slipped back and it was like, I'm the ultimate warrior. Despite the fact that he's like this 60 year old guy now. And yeah. And then he was dead like three days later. That's kind of a shame. It's almost like time kills everybody, but Hey, he outlived Mickey Rooney. So, what are you going to do? You know what? Have you ever heard about the origins of the uh, the Ultimate Warrior? Keep talking about Ultimate Warrior. Go ahead, Bill. No. Well, after he survived the Ultimate War, which I guess none of us were privy to. It was like a behind-the-scenes war. Um, Uh He went up to Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Andre the Giant said, Hey, do you want to put on a show? (laughs) Good. Well done, Bill. (laughs) Well done. What else happened? Uh, put on a show for the Lord now, Bill. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, because things happen in threes, Stephen Colbert, the parody character, is dead. Yeah, well, he just killed himself, and that was kind of sad. Guess what, Live Internet? Your Twitter petition to cancel Colbert worked. Boom, boom, well boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, Stephen so Colbert Steve... will be replacing David Letterman. Which is kind of a weird tonal shift for that that that, that, that show. 
Well, you could argue that your show needs a tonal shift because the whole thing of the only reason why David Letterman worked is that he was David Letterman. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, that you really can't replace David Letterman because it was such a singular thing. I wonder if they're still mm-hmm. gonna call it like the Late Show with like Stephen Colbert, or if it's gonna be a whole new thing. Um, I am glad I he's ditching gonna... that character, and it's just gonna be Stephen Colbert without like him trying to pretend to be some kind of crazy conservative. Because yeah. that was cute, but he's already done that for ten years, and. And it's funny because, like, yeah, that's funny that that just got him into trouble a week before all this happened. Um, but yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just excited for Stephen Colbert. I hope he does well, and he deserves all the success possible because that guy is funny as shit. Yeah. Well, did you say supposedly they actually had asked John Stewart, and John Stewart said no? Oh, really? That's th- huh. that's what that's what I've heard, and he said, "No, the he the, the Daily Show. That's my thing. I found my home. This is it." Hmm. And so Good they went him. to Stephen Colbert, which. That's, that's, it's funny because, do you know John Oliver, the English comedian? Yeah. Um, yeah. he was always Stephen Colbert's kind of go-to replacement whenever Stephen Colbert was AWOL. And it sounds like, uh, he was, John Oliver, John Oliver left the Daily, or uh, left the Colbert, uh, show last fall to get his own show on, on HBO. And it sounds like he kind of mm-hmm. shot himself in the foot where he could have pretty much taken over the Colbert show if he'd stayed around for several, like, for six months longer. Not to say, like, getting a show, his own show on HBO is worse than taking over the Colbert report, but, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny little thing that happened there. Our world is strange and changeable, my friends. Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the funny thing is, like, who the hell's, unless the uh, Stephen Colbert show, the new one, is, like, insanely amazing, who the hell's gonna watch it? It's not like anyone watches Conan O'Brien. It seems like becoming a late-night TV show host these days is, like, a, a fast path to irrelevancy, because who the hell watches that stuff? Yeah, it's it's like you kind of have to go the Jimmy Fallon route of you better make some shit this viral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. which Stephen Colbert he's done that, but even like Jimmy Fallon, who the, like like everyone was talking about Jimmy Fallon like the week he he took over the Tonight Show, but like uh, like what month two months later, no one's really talking about him already. Well, the thing about the thing about being a TV nightly TV host is that it's you're kind of always there. You're kind of the old. Yeah, you're part of the wallpaper to... at that point. Yeah. Exactly, it's hard to generate excitement. So God bless. I know. Let's I'm so move like on. There was there was a, like back in my twenties, Conan O'Brien was such a big thing when he essentially yeah. when he took over um, from David Letterman from from the Late Show uh, mm-hmm. uh, or Late Night with uh, with uh, David Letterman that Conan O'Brien did kind of become not musty TV, but it was a thing that was kind of usually worth staying up. That uh, but I have not seen a late night TV show host that has been quite the and and the thing is conan was less interesting as soon as he uh, got the tonight show gig where he had to kind of change his humor to be less ridiculous i don't know it's 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 i don't know that's it's weird but yeah that's why i have to say about uh, late night tv good uh captain janeway was tricked into narrating a quote-unquote documentary about how the sun and everything else in the universe revolves around the earth (sighs) yeah captain janeway doesn't read your contracts very clearly or i guess the script I was gonna say, how are you? I didn't read anything about this. I saw pretty much that headline, and that's pretty much all I. Sussed you know, from all I this. read the stories, and there doesn't seem to be much more information beyond that. Where she just says, "Yeah, I was tricked." <laughs> how are you tricked into? I think like, that's the question of the hour. I mean, I can see how you just sign up to a thing. It's just like your your agent gets you some work, and you know, maybe you don't pay attention, and maybe like you've shown up and then you see the script and you're like are you fucking kidding me but at that point you sign a contract and you're there and if you leave you're liable for it yeah but when the first lines of your script are 
Galileo is a lying motherfucker. I wish I could go back in time and stab him in the neck. That was a, a really daring first line of the script. You got yeah, I know, especially, like, yeah, and especially with her tough, gravelly voice, it would just be so mm-hmm. kind of horrifying, like, fuck Galileo. I would beat the shit out of Galileo. <laughs> Galileo! <laughs> what is this, like, hang on, like, I don't know. Galashido. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I the unfortunate thing about this, this, is, this kind of proves how kind of money-starved that some of these, like, science fiction celebrities can be, where... They, they, there's so much guns for hire at that they will kind of take work like this without really paying attention to what the work is, just because hey, yeah. gotta, 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 gotta pay the rent, gotta buy the cat food. Um, exactly. But yeah, I kind of feel bad for that lady. Poor kid. Uh, the transistor release date was announced at PAX. Will come out five twenty. Did you see the gameplay for that game? Uh, I thought I it was just. I, I, pl- I played it at PAX. You know what? Because uh, I didn't play it at PAX, but I saw other people playing it. There were some features that I saw on the new trailer that they, uh, the release date trailer they just put out this week, that I didn't realize there's kind of weird things where you highlight enemies and almost kind of seems to be like strategy elements. Somehow. It's it's a real time. We've had this conversation on this podcast. It's Have a real time strategy game. Yes. Did I win? <laughs> Did I win the argument about what Transistor is? Despite the fact I've not, I've clearly not been paying attention. <laughs> Explain to me what Transistor is. Every time we have this podcast, it's like a new adventure. What will Bill remember? What won't (laughs) Bill remember? My God. I feel so sorry for our patient, patient listeners when you quiz me on things that we've discussed literally at this point, statistically, tens of times. Annie, what movies has Julia Stiles been naked in? Annie. (laughs) What's my bra size? I can't remember. Help me. Is Mickey Rooney still dead? Transistor looks beautiful, but I have no interest in the gameplay. Really? Well, I mean, uh, well, that's the well, thing because like Bastion was beautiful, but that's not like the gameplay. That's kind of how I like... felt about Bastion. Well, yeah. no, it's just that it's again, it's just like Bastion, where I'm no good at that kind of gameplay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was kind of surprised looking at the trailer for this, where it wasn't it didn't seem to be pure just action hack and slash, but like I said, like you could highlight enemies and kind of pause the action, which mm-hmm. seems like like if yeah. you're not like, into like the super hardcore action Devil May Cry kind of like. Like just just hack and slash stuff that like if you could pause the action and kind of like get a bearing on your surroundings it might be a little more easier for mm-hmm. you to play. I don't know. Yeah, a little um, more palatable. You know, yeah, sure. And the game comes I'll out in a month. It. We'll find it out one way or the other. Is it just twenty yeah. bucks? I believe so. But yeah, no PlayStation Four. It's going to be one of the big first big indie games to hit the PlayStation Four. Yeah, I mean, I'll I just I'll do anything that's an excuse to play it to turn on my PlayStation Four, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I like no, those I mean, kids. I'm playing kids Infamous. Money. I have been playing Infamous. Yeah. yeah. And I downloaded Mercenary Kings. I paid all about three minutes of it before I was like, nope. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> felt bad playing. because I was talking to like Grumpy Turtle and Nihid DRM. Like, I was like, oh yeah, I'll play with you guys online. But then I got sucked in back into playing more Dark Souls. I like made some major break- yeah. breakthroughs in Dark Souls and that completely distracted me from playing. And also it didn't oh. help that I hate the controls in Mercenary Kings. Yeah. Well, speaking of video games, I forgot to put in my Geek Week in review. I played the most recent episode of uh, The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, is it good? Um, was it the third episode? This, this, yeah. There are three out of five. We're now into it, and it's interesting. I think it's with this episode, it started coming into its own a little bit more. I think this is one of the better episodes. But they made one decision that totally took me out of it. Oh, um, no. At one point, you're interrogating a witch, and the witch is voiced by Jennifer Bailey, who's my favorite boss from Saints Row 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. 
And she's just kind of got a great, fun, fuck you, uh, kind of lower voice that I really enjoy. And then you meet a character, it's Bloody Mary, because the whole thing in the, the Fables universe is it's all these mythical characters, and it's, it's Bloody Mary. She's like, yeah, you know, I kill kids for fun when they chant my name in the mirror. She's just this evil fucker-upper. Yeah. And the woman that got to voice her is just kind of some kind of generic-sounding woman. And I'm like, you got Jennifer Bailey. You had her in the recording booth. And you had her do her old woman voice. Yeah. And then you had to cast for Bloody Mary, and you cast whoever this lady is. So that's my really interesting um, bitching about Telltale voice casting corner. Uh, come back in a month when I'll complain about the next one. But no, no, I, I am enjoying Wolf Among Us. It's missing something, and they I, and I don't quite, I can't quite put my finger on it. It's still ultimately they're um, playing with some of the tricks of the other uh, that they um, kind of established in The Walking Dead, and those tricks can only be pulled on you so many times before they lose their specialness. Yeah, and it hasn't. It's yet to add anything new to the formula, other than the aesthetics. I really do feel like this is the most beautiful Walking uh, Telltale game they've ever made, and like The Walking Dead, they're catering. They're working within the confines of their limits as opposed to like reaching beyond their means yeah which is my idea uh, yeah yeah, i'm just waiting for that secret sauce and there's just the third episode of five yeah so if if they're gonna pull this together they better start pulling this together pretty goddamn soon i'm sure as a whole it'll it'll probably be like a different experience it sounds like the third episode also came out a lot faster than the second one did right because it was like it wasn't like six months between the first and the second episode, but now what? It was like a month and a half between the, like the, the the second and the third. This podcast is so good at perpetuating misinformation. I'm not even going to theorize. Why? What are misinformation? We we misspeak and misquote all the goddamn time, Bill. Like we're <laughs> well, it's not on like the we're getting quoted on Wikipedia. No, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, uh, <sighs> moving on. Double Fine this week at PAX had playable hack and slash. The Zelda clone that allows you to hack its in-game reality, a Amnesia Fortnite game. I heard, I heard nothing about that until I was just, like, looking at uh, PAX East News this morning right before we started recording. Uh, yeah. Do you think you might try to play this, despite the fact that you don't care much for Zelda games? I will buy it, because it's a Double Fine game, and I yeah. bought every Double Fine game. But, yeah, it's, I think it's a really cute mechanic, but it doesn't seem like my kind of game. Uh, did they say anything about it, this though. coming to consoles? Uh, I can't recall. Because with I the hack- they, I, I didn't read it. Yeah, with the hacking it. mechanic, it sounds like that would lend itself more towards like a, a PC game. Because if you're typing in anything, like you know, you'd want a keyboard. Whereas if they, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but the hack and slash and stuff that you know that's best suited towards like uh, my, my preference would be to play that with the, with a controller. But yeah, it could be that the hacking mechanic is you just learn commands. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's anything than... where you're actually typing in code. But yeah. uh, but I could see sometimes like if you might type, want to type in the words yes if it's something like that. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. but you're hacking the game. You're not like yeah, you're yeah. not actually hacking the game's yeah. code. But you're just kind of like uh, it's it's just yeah, I don't know. But it, I mean, you are like changing like values of stuff within the you know the quote unquote the game's code. So at least it's using kind of some vague actual uh, coding terminology. You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's no because it sounds like an interesting idea for a game. And it's just despite the, like also the fact that this is another retail release that is coming forth from uh, their Fortnite projects, which is always good to see yeah. that 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 that, yeah. that that paying off. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. Also, the controller uh, or not the controller, the commercial for the the game was pretty cute. 
Yeah, they um, they actually did like a really kooky viral thing when the game was first announced. They had a website go up, which was an overly, <coughs> insanely large JPEG, and people yeah. were able to take take the JPEG and look at um, the code for it and get messages from it. And the, it turns out that the code was like I think it was like a a playable um, exe file, like executable file, and then it also had like a, a song embedded into it. Yeah. It was kooky. It was oh, adorable. Man. Speaking of weird, like internet pictures, have you heard about this thing called WebMs? No. It's this thing that some people are predicting are going to supplant the animated GIF as the preeminent kind of like weird way to, sh- uh, to share like quick video clips online. Mm-hmm. Um, I only heard about this because I guess like Reddit and 4chan just just suddenly like made it so that both sides both sites will now run WebMs. Uh, what mm-hmm. it, I don't even know what the hell it is, but it's it's a picture file that you click on. Sometimes they come with audio too, so it's not just a silent thing like an animated GIF. But it's super high res, high quality, high frame rate. Essentially, like animated GIFs that somehow come with sound. And one of the first ones I saw was Gemmer Adderton. This is the only reason I'm even bringing this up on the podcast, where I was like, I was going to share this to you, but I completely forgot about it. It was her, whatever movie she's dressed in, like, little booty shorts, or her ass is hanging out in. But it was, Oh, it's Mary Drew. Yeah. yeah, it was the, is that the one where she's kidnapped? No, that's uh, The Disappearance of Alice Creek. Oh, okay, so I can be, so I can actually be turned on by the, the, this this picture and not be horrified. Okay, good, I'm glad. Yes. But yes. yeah, no, it was one of these things where, like, you click on the thing, and it's not like an anime GIF where it's kind of a small picture, but it's like a big, almost like full frame, high frame, it looks like you're actually watching a like, clip from the, uh, from a DVD or a Blu-ray, but... Yeah. I don't know what it's kind of some kind of weird magic technology, and yeah, of course the first thing I see with it was it's like Gamer Adderton's ass, and where I'm like, ah. Yeah. Oh man, speaking of objectification, another thing I forgot to put in my show notes yeah. this week, uh, we watched In the Blood, the new Gemma Arterton movie, or, or not Gemma Arterton, uh, Gina, Gina, Carano yeah, Gina movie. Carano, yeah. It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Is that because we just talked about the trailer just like less than a month ago? So was that like on oh. video on demand or what? Oh yeah, it's on demand and it has a limited release in theaters. It's terrible. So is oh, it terrible? Really How is she in the bad. movie? She. It is the movie is not her fault. She's fine. <laughs> no, it's she not is, like. It's it's not like she it, went up to the producers and said, "Hey guys, let's put on a show." <laughs> it's really the production values are terrible. Oh yeah, the writing is. Terrible. Oh no! There, there are no spoilers in this. It's, it's not to say this is a spoiler. It's this is just indicative of the whole movie. The climax of the movie is the villain gets his throat cut by Danny Trejo in front of a, sh- a crowd of inexplicable orphans who just showed up. Orphans? And he says, "Or uh, children, cover your eyes." <laughs> kids jump in their eyes. He slits the dude's throat. Blood spatters, and then. He says to the children, he's sleeping. He's just sleeping. <laughs> that sounds actually pretty great. I don't know see what see, your complaints are here. That, But the thing is, is that it's basically not even a B movie. It's like a Q movie. And it's poorly edited. <laughs> oh, no. And the pacing is terrible. I actually am legitimately tempted to um, uh, buy it and then edit it and see if I can edit it into a more... Um, Something that's at a better clip. Yeah, if you find yourself, you if, if you've got a free weekend, there's no reason not to. 
It could be a neat exercise, actually, because the, the, you basically want the movie to be taken, but with Gina Carano. Yeah. Because that would be astonishing. I just want to see Gina Carano kill a crowd yeah. full of people to get to her husband. Mm-hmm. But she, they, they really try, I don't know. Oh, like this is the movie, they, I forgot, because the trailer is, isn't she going spelunking or something with her husband, and, like, the Mexican cartel kidnaps her husband, and then she has to go crazy and kill them all? Oh man, but it's, see, but the thing is, is that really it's her weeping for 45 minutes. Really oh, what it really? is, is this no. is a movie in which Gina Carano cuts in line a lot and complains to officials. That's all it is. So <laughs> That is the like, worst use of Gina Carano possible. Exactly! Like, oh, we had God. to spend, like, that whole, we were like 45 minutes into the movie and there had only been one brief fight scene where Gina Carano punches another woman. And I'm like, I didn't come to this movie to watch Gina Carano punch a, a, a dancer at a party. I came to this movie to watch and Gina Carano go straight tooken on these bitches. Have you not seen Fast and the Furious 6 yet? No, I have not. Annie, here's tonight's plan. If for some reason you can't make it out to Captain America, you're going to sit down, you're going to rent Fast and the Furious 6 with Foley on iTunes. You're going to watch it on I the Apple TV. I could watch... That sounds like something I could watch a YouTube clip of that one fight scene and get everything I no, need. No, Fast and Furious Six is good six. times enough that like I think you'll it's it's a well I mean it's also Michelle Rodriguez all throughout the rest of the movie too. It's not just like yeah. I Gina Carano's not in the movie that much, but it's it's like Michelle Rodriguez is like the secondary character in that movie, and that yeah, movie's it, funny it, enough. Like oh cool yeah it's uh, Fast and Furious is a good time it's a good popcorn movie and if you guys want to hang out and relax and then also have Gina Carano kind of like walking around just like and it's got the Rock it's she and the Rock are best buddies I do love Mr Dwayne Johnson this yeah, is true the, I mean yeah no I'm mean, not to say the Fast and Furious <laughs> six I mean let's put it this way if you enjoy the Resident Evil movies you should rent <laughs> the Fast and Furious six and have a good time make some popcorn make some steak is all I'm saying yeah hold on. So, all I'm saying is In the Blood is impressively bad, and it has no... The only redeeming values of it, to get to the to my point, it's a movie that probably would be... You could get the best of it through animated GIF format. Yeah. Because you do get a lot of Gina Carano looking hunky as balls. She is mm-hmm. a really... She's no, I can stack, you, she's whack. I'm digging it. <laughs> no, if you bought that movie, I could see you becoming the internet's preeminent source of Gina Carano In the Blood GIFs. I was thinking, um, as I was watching this movie, I was like, I should, as a public service, gift this moment of Gina Carano adjusting her bra in the mirror. It's really oh, really? That's a good. thing. No, Annie, but Again, you don't make you don't make a gift. You make a web M, so it's like full frame, <laughs> full resolution. Again, Annie is part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see we're both object- objectifying hot brunettes this week. That, that's the same <laughs> exactly. with this podcast. All yeah. right, to continue to the Geek Week in Review, um, after much rumor and hearsay, uh, Naughty Dog officially announced the Last of Us PS4 port as coming this summer. I wish I'd bet you money about this, because like six months ago, this is exactly what I was predicting, where I yeah. was like, you know, while, uh, the, the, while they're working on Uncharted, while, while they're starting work on Uncharted 4, they're going to need something to keep the, 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 the tail end production people busy with something, and what you do is you give that work... Yeah, you put them on a PlayStation 4 port of Last of Us. And you're like, well, no, but, like, if they're going to make a port, they're just going to hand it off to someone else. Naughty Dog is way too busy. Well, no, I want Naughty Dog to be busy with things. Well, I know, exactly, yeah. This is not a preferable, but, I mean, you know what? One interesting thing is I wonder if porting over Last of Us to PlayStation 4 would help them, like, learn any tips and tricks that will help with any future, like, That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be a literal way for them to take all their learnings from the PS3 and apply them to the You know, the PS4. it kind of makes sense that when I was suggesting Naughty Dog would do the port of this, I was just more thinking about just what do you give the team to do now that the Last of Us DLC is done. 
but I was also thinking about how difficult it must be to port a PlayStation 3 game over to the PlayStation 4, because it's entirely yeah. different, like, hardware infrastructure. That was part of my argument. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense that, like, the team that actually made the game, who knows the game really the inside and out, would be the best team to actually port oh, sure. that thing. But, uh, Again, I don't think it's, like, I just, I, it's just, I think it's a fucking crying shame to spend those resources on a port. And I, know, a new I, know, game. I know, I know, game. Games take so damn long to make, especially a Naughty Dog game, and I want them to be working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, but did you see the trailer for the the, the teaser trailer for the for the uh, remake? No, I did not watch it. Um, it's weird because now it's uh, zero. Here comes the joke. It's, uh, uh-huh. I got a joke. I got, it's coming. It's it's. <laughs> hey, hold on, everybody. <laughs> Quiet down. You can't. You don't want to miss any part of this joke. Bill's Bill's good. Bill likes to treat jokes like a, like a like an Indian treats a buffalo. He uses every part of it possible. It's going to be... So, the star of Last of Us is going to be Zero Suit Ellie. <laughs> where she's going to be in blue spandex with, like... But it's but it's okay to objectify her being barely butt-naked because she got new boots that make mm. her kick. See, this, this is a Smash Brothers joke. Mm-hmm. Which it only works because if you care about Smash Brothers enough to read NeoGAF about people upset about the fact that Zero Suit Samus is practically naked, but she's got new boots... Anyway, what else was I saying? Uh, but yeah, Last of Us. Yeah, I'm chopped. I, I'm you gonna really buy it again? About it. Oh yeah, I got it pre-ordered, son. Sixty bucks. You're gonna pay sixty bucks for it? Yes, it is the Last of Us. I know, and I'm I will paying... too. I, this is not me criticizing you because I'm probably gonna do the same goddamn thing too. That game is too important to me. I will buy it in every single iteration. I hope it comes out sooner than later because, I mean, they say it's coming out sometime this summer, but that could mean any time between now and pretty much late September. Uh, hopefully they don't... They don't um, it seems like a fun game that would be, like, you, you would get to play sooner than later. I don't want to have to play that, like, right before all the good games start coming out in the fall. Um, I don't know. I want a Midsummer Last of Us fix! I want to go back and make sure I didn't miss anything. Do you think they're going to put the um, Left Behind DLC tucked that into the game, or is that still going to be external just like the PS3 version? I think it, it should... We, we've had this conversation yeah, had this the conversation DLC itself before, came yeah. out. But uh, um, I, it should, I imagine it will still be a separate piece because it, it really is structured to be a separate piece. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, some of it, it makes more sense what, once you've finished the game and you kind of understand like exactly. how the pieces fit together. Exactly. It's a fuller context sort of thing. <sighs> yeah. But no, that'll be interesting to see. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm kind of bummed because the teaser trailer, um, A, does not show... It's it, You know what? The, 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 the teaser trailer for the remake is only... It's, it's just a quick cutscene of... Not even a whole cutscene. It's just a shot of Ellie and Joel uh, looking at the giraffe herd, mm-hmm. uh, wandering through a Salt Lake City, which a does not show you how the game is actually going to look on the PlayStation Four because it's kind of like just like not pre-render cutscene, but it's not showing you how like I don't know what kind of frame rate or anything. It doesn't show you any of the textures being any better. B, it's kind of a spoiler for the game. Yeah. And C, there's no there's no actual release date tied to that. Just yeah, it's just kind of the vaguest announcement possible. Well, Bill, but... it's because exactly it's because the this wasn't like their grand plan to announce it now. Oh, it's I know, but it's coming out this summer. Here we are. Around. It's almost May. That should be coming out sooner than later. Is all I'm saying. Oh, you think you at least have like a release month established or something like that? And the drafting, yeah. the drafting is such a nice thing. It that is true. I, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Um, they also announced that Naughty Dog is coming out with a, or excuse me, uh, Dark Horse is coming out with an Art of Naughty Dog book as part of Naughty Dog's 30th anniversary oh, this really? year. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's mostly going to be Jack and Daxter? Cute. Well, yeah, it's going to have Jack and Daxter Crazy. and, like, 
like, I hope they, like, crash Bandicoot and shit in there. It'd be good. Yeah, I'm just gonna oh, walk yeah. in my local bookstore, cut the book in half, and just, like, pay, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, if it's 20 bucks, I'll, I'll give the, the, the cashier 10 bucks. Oh, you asshole. In other news, speaking of local bookstores, Amazon bought Comixology. Yay! Do you, do you use Comixology at all? I have used Comixology. My only thing is that I don't want to pay the price of a actual hard copy of a comic for a digital copy of a comic. Yeah, I can understand that. If anything, That's been a big... Um, I just... Yeah. I actually just... Uh, maybe I mentioned this on the podcast. Two weeks ago, I bought uh, the new Sandman uh, on Comixology just because the first issue had a spe- uh, special digital edition with a whole bunch of like making of features and stuff like that, mm, which is kind of a nice way to take advantage of the digital format by packing in a whole bunch of, like, different essays and, like, making of stuff that, you know, you you wouldn't fit into an actual printed copy. The only thing is they they charge more for that. And, yeah, it's the same thing where if I wanted to buy the normal version, it'd be the same amount as a print copy, but you're not getting... There's no bonus to getting having the print edition at that point, um, which is kind of stupid. Well, the... The big advantage of the print edition is that you actually... No, I mean, there's no advantage to having the the digital edition, I meant. Yeah, I'm I'm got backwards on that, yeah. And especially yeah, something it's... like this, who knows? I mean, I'm sure Amazon isn't going to turn around and say, everyone, you have this stuff you've bought on Comixology is no longer, uh, uh, it's all null and void. They're not going to do that, but you never know. Oh, no, but that's always the thing with any digital content. It's like, you don't really own it. Yeah, and no you're service is permanent. Yeah. Even if you're owned by Amazon.com. So you never know yeah. what's going to happen to that content you've already paid for or what's going to happen there, but... Um, um, yeah, I, I like Comicsology as a service. In fact, a friend of the podcast, Clamity John, put the last uh, volume of his anthology, Boo, his Halloween, Halloween anthology, on uh, Comicsology. I think that's the last thing I used Comicsology for. That's the one thing. But I'm that was ninety nine cents a goddamn issue, I think, or dollar ninety nine. Yeah, man, I got so. Clamity John and Comicsology. That's that's a good reason just to even have yeah. Comicsology. Well, that's that's exactly. that that's the one potentially alarming thing about Amazon buying Comicsology is God knows what they're going to do with all the uh, creator-owned stuff on there. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure contracts with publishers are going to change, and I don't know. It's, I'm great. I, well, I am, no, go ahead. You can release self-published material on Amazon. Well, I know, like, and Lulu they're doing that thing where they're reaching out to, like, licensees so you could, like, publish your own fan fiction, your official, like, Farscape yeah. fan fiction. And, like, the people in Farscape have, you know, they, they reserve the right to actually turn the fan fiction into a licensed movie or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Amazon's making strange moves into all kinds of stuff. Between that and the Amazon Fire or whatever the hell their TV app thing is. Yeah. Their, their TV box. And, I don't know. Uh, uh, like, is, is Lumberjanes on, on Comixology? It is. I want to read yeah. that shit, but I don't want to go to the comic book store. This is the perfect example of, like, okay, well, I'm too lazy to go, go to the comic book store just to buy this one comic. <laughs> I'll totally go buy the shit out of some Lumberjanes. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed about Lumberjanes. Yeah, Lumberjanes number one came out this last week. Um, uh, comics from uh, uh, Boom Studios and edited by a friend of the podcast, Shannon Waters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. did, she, did she lose that foot yet? Her foot is fully healed. Really? The things you do remember, Bill, it's weird. Like, Why? you remember Shannon Waters' foot injury <laughs> from, like, six-plus months ago. Well, I have a weird fetish you, for... Uh... For women with cute busted girls up with feet, foot injuries? who 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 cute, who also cute girls edit with comics, skateboard injuries? Yeah. yeah, is she a statuesque brunette over thirty? Uh, she is brunette. Is she over thirty? This is very important. Does she have laugh no. lines? Otherwise, I can't. I can't finish. <laughs> you can't finish. 
not even going to say any of the terrible comments that just came to mind. Moving on, Savage Steve Holland, the director of 80s classics Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, is making his first movie in decades, a teen comedy called Multiplexing. Woo! Unfortunately, he's not writing this comedy. Uh, so, have you ever seen Better Off Dead? No. I, which I don't blame you, because I think that movie came out the same month you were born. Um, but yeah, no, he, 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 yeah, directed a couple uh, cult movies from the 80s, all of them starring, well, uh, two movies, really, starring John Cusack with, uh, 70s Steve Holland was an animator who wound up, uh, directing these, like, two live-action comedies in the mid-80s starring John Cusack, so both of them have crazy, crazy animated, uh, credits and interstitials and stuff like that. The very specifically weird energy to those comedies that he made, but they're very kooky, very fun. And, uh, yeah, so I guess after neither of those movies really made money uh, back in the 80s, he just wound up uh, directing a whole bunch of Nickelodeon stuff. I guess he's directed a bazillion mm. episodes of, like, what's the what's the Nickelodeon show about the witch? Clarissa explains it all. Good talk. Okay. Good talk. He's not, she's not a witch. Or do you mean that has Sabrina the Teenage Witch in it? Is that Isn't that the same lady, though? Is that why I'm getting confused? It is Melissa Joan Hart, yes, but that was before Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, really? See, that's is it why the you're same character? Me. Yes, Bill, it's fan fiction. That's why do they use the same actress? <laughs> why are actresses not disposable? <laughs> Well, oh, that's the thing. Kind of oh, people in the theater when I went to go see Captain America. Oh, they got pissed. I almost got thrown out of the audience because Scarlett Johansson shows up, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's her from the movie Her. She's alive!" And I started clapping, saying, "It's her. <laughs> She's alive. She's no longer robot." Because I I don't understand the idea of there being actresses like like people playing roles. I think I take all this very literally. And I think only one person should ever play one role in their entire lives, otherwise I get fucked up, confused. I just imagine you shouting, Her is alive! Her is alive! It's like, it's, it's like a retarded kid in a production of Peter Pan clapping to keep Tinkerbell alive. It's hilarious to me, to people who know what Her is, and even more so to people who have no idea what the fuck Her is. <laughs> have you watched Her yet? No, I have not. Oh, it is, uh, it's worth seeing, but yeah. Um, hey everybody, this was the Boy Hattie Podcast. As always, we're boyhattiepodcast.com at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitters. Hattie at boyhattiepodcast.com is a way to contact us. You can also use the contact form on our website. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you're so inclined to tell us that we talk too much about shitty garbage. We'll be back with two talk to next week about more shitty garbage. We love you. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, everybody, with your Mad Men premiere uh, uh, parties this week. Bye! Yay, I've already got my fishtail mermaid uh, Joan Holloway dress. It's at the cleaners. It's coming back any moment. I gotta actually get wrap this up so I can answer the door when I show up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look like fucking divine. I'm gonna shave the top of my head, put on my makeup. This gonna be the bomb. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>